Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord some praise tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, we're going to start things off a little bit different tonight. Can we do that? Can we, do, can we be different? Is that okay? In 2020, can we be different? We're always different. Listen, uh, I just got a text message a little while ago from Dave Baker down at Channel 3 Lafayette. There is another storm forming down. Not, not the same one. This is a second one, Tammy. We got to praise our way through something tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's stand up. We're going to worship tonight. Y'all ready? Come on, we're going to dance and have a good time in the presence.
praise tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, we figured we'd start out this way instead of announcements just to get y'all a little riled up tonight. Come on. Hallelujah. Listen, so we're thankful that you're here. Hopefully live stream is working good tonight. Uh, We've been having a lot of internet problems and uh, we finally, it's not us, praise God, but it took me a couple weeks to prove it to them that it's not me. Uh, But we got it. And uh, so now we're just trying to get them to fix it. Because it's not even Swift. It's their provider. And y'all know how hard it is to get Swift to fix things. And now, yeah. So we're, we're working on that. But if you basically the next day we upload the sermon, if you weren't able to watch it, uh, we'll have everything online like we normally do. But you'll be able to, to see that. Uh, but listen, tonight we've got some, some very special guests. Uh, Pastor Donnie Flippo, Veronica Flippo. Thank you all for being here. They, listen, these were our first pastors in Texas. Remember the story of the, you know, I was driving around that night, and that, that little white cross, that's there, right? And, and uh, oh, by the way, uh, Rylan has started college, and you have to pay for it. Remember that. You held him before I did in the, in, yes, remember I told you. You held him before I did. You got to pay for college, so I'm expecting a check. Uh, they've heard all the stories. <laughs> yeah, I bet he forgot. So, but now oh, listen, man, it's such an honor to have you guys here. Uh, and it's just such a blessing to, to have y'all in, here, in this house and to minister. I've told a lot of stories about y'all, all the good ones. I left all the bad ones out, so you don't have to worry about any of that. Uh, but they are expecting a lot from you, so no pressure. Uh, but listen, guys, we're going to worship tonight. And, uh, you know, I know some people are out doing their Halloween thing, and we're going to be worshiping anyways. We, we don't care about all of that. Uh, we just want to come in here and, and love on Jesus. Can we do that? Come on. Uh, so so uh, tomorrow morning we'll be back here at 10 o'clock. We're going to be doing the same thing like we always do. Uh, but Pastor Flippo, listen, this is what I tell the ministers that come. Number one, if I didn't trust you, you wouldn't be here. If I didn't think you were a man of God. Can... And so the microphone is laying right up there in the front. All you got to do is press the button to turn it on. They'll make sure you're heard. You operate in this house with the gifts that God has given you, the anointing. There's no ceiling. We have an expectation that it's going to be great and mighty. We, we, we have no ceiling in this house. We want God to move, and, and that's why we come, and we worship, and we pray. We've been praying all week, every night. Every night we've been meeting, praying for, for these two services on top of other things. And uh, so, listen, if you, you operate here, if God moves on your heart, you grab that mic, you're not going to interfere with anything that we're doing. I'm giving you that liberty, amen. So, come on, we're going to do some more worship. Hallelujah. Yes, you can uh, do those. Yeah. Now, they're texting me in the middle of service, so sometimes it gets crazy. Uh, earlier, I got a real, uh, political text on what to vote for on uh, abortion stuff, so y'all know that one. Yeah. Okay, let me grab some water. done before 
in greater measure you will do them again there's no prison wall you can't break through no mountain you can move all things are possible
words in this point. Come on, guys. Listen, I forgot to remind you, we have flags up here at the front. And if you want to use a flag to worship, go ahead and use a flag to worship. And But when you're done with it, leave it on your chair because we disinfect it after the services. So it'll be ready for tomorrow. So listen, if you want to get up and come up here, come on, let's press in and fight tonight. This is supposed to be the day that the devil is glorified. Not in this house. Not today, devil. Not tomorrow either, but definitely not today. And listen, I'm not trying to redeem Hall Halloween. It just needs to die. I don't care. 
uh, every day is made to worship Jesus. Amen. So. Come on, y'all put your hands together tonight. I'll raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I'll raise a
in the middle of the storm In the middle of the storm Louder and louder I'm gonna hear my praises roar I'm from the ashes Hope will arise Death is defeat He is figured it out yet we didn't come to be quiet tonight we didn't come to be quiet tonight you can open the doors though here's down the road uh-oh that drummer back there man he moves the sound and everything else got to knock him on his head we have to chain you in there Matt come on guys we need to just keep worshiping tonight and pressing through all the all the enemy has tried to do all week long. Stop this moment right here. That you get to stand in the presence of Almighty God. He has fought tooth and nail to try to stop this moment. He can't win. He can't win. Come on, if you have a need in your life tonight, I just want you to just raise it up and say, God, here it is. I'm giving it to you. I know you can handle everything and anything that could ever come my way.
God is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence Lord sing it again Holy Spirit you are welcome here come flood this place fill the atmosphere your glory God is what our hearts long for to be presence amazing hallelujah come on turn to somebody and just just give him a spiritual high five and tell him how much you enjoy his presence i know isn't it crazy we have to do things like that y'all already know i am so post covid19 i am so over this but you know what it ain't stopping us at all we're following their rules and still worshiping jesus Hey, come on, you know, so, so listen again, you know, it's my honor to privilege to, to have my pastor here and his wife and just been our friends for so many years. I always want to call you Pastor Veronica, but I know she never really liked that. That's kind of like Sister Wendy back there. Yeah. And so that's why it's, it's tough, though, because, you know, I always wanted to, but I don't. I, I'm trying to be nice. I know. I know. I remember. So, but. Listen, come on, y'all. Can y'all stand up and welcome my pastors? You know, just welcome them for me. Amen. Thank you. I've got a thing. Come on up here and have your way. Come on up, y'all. I'll let you do all the rest of the introductions. Love you. Amen. Thank you. Wow. Uh, just so gracious. Um, you have a wonderful, wonderful pastor. Do you believe that? Amen. I'll tell you, you are blessed. 
to have, uh, I didn't, you know, when, when I first got him, he couldn't play the keyboard. Amen. Uh, he didn't know how to play the keyboard. I don't even know if he sang back then, did he? Did he? Okay, you did. That's right. You was on the praise team. He was on the praise team. That's right. But it's been, that's been many moons ago, hadn't it? Wow. That's all the way back in 98, I believe, wasn't it? Back to 98, 99, maybe. Yeah, it's been a while. So, but. Isn't it amazing how God orchestrates the steps of a righteous man? And your pastor is just, you're so blessed. Uh, I, is there anything he can't do? I think he's, I think you all have to start naming him super pastor. Amen. I, I'll tell you, he, he's tech savvy. I mean, he can preach good. He can sing good. He can play. Uh, is there anything he can't do? Just don't tell me. Don't tell me. If you know, if you know him, keep it to yourself. But I tell you what, too, uh, he, he did good. I know he really did good when he married Wendy. Uh, now, that uh, he, he did a good job when he got her. Uh, you don't know this, but y'all probably don't know this, but Wendy's kind of quiet. You know, she's a little on the quiet side. Not anymore? Oh, what happened? What happened? No. Anyway, she's kind of quiet, and when, when, I, when I knew her way back then, and, but I tell you what, you won't find anyone's, spiritually or even just a mental strongness uh, than Wendy. Uh, I remember when she uh, had Richie, uh, I think it was on a Friday night or Saturday, uh, I can't remember what day it was, but anyway, it was. she showed up Sunday morning with Richie at the church, and I was like, Wendy, what are you, what are you doing? She, she got out, she, I guess, I don't know, they let her out, or she just got out of the hospital, and <laughs> she said, Pastor, Sunday, you're supposed to be in church. I said, there you have it, amen. Now, that's commitment, amen. That's commitment. I don't even know if you remember that. We, yeah, and then Riley, same way, yeah. Just, uh, it's amazing how they, uh, she just had that desire to serve God and to be in the house of God. And uh, so it's, wow, just beautiful church and beautiful atmosphere. Y'all have just such a pleasant town, I'm telling you. I didn't get to see, I had to come in kind of trying to get to you, amen. I don't, that map. Quest was taking me so many back roads. I didn't know if I was. At one minute I'd be going north, and then I'd be going west, and then I'd be going east, and then I'd be going back south. I go, my goodness, I, I don't know if this thing knows where how to get here, but we ended up here. Amen. So it's good to be here tonight on a Saturday night. Boy, you must be committed. I tell you what, most people go you know, Sunday mornings. I can understand that. And Wednesday nights, that's kind of tradition. Saturday night, you're just getting fanatical, amen. You're just kind of, you're just going out on the limb, it sounds like. And so, uh, but it's, it's an honor to be here, and we appreciate you. Pastor, he's treated us so well, put us up in a wonderful room, and just treat us like a king. And I, I tell you what, y'all, I can just tell quality and a love and desire for God. And uh, But uh, I'll have some more stories to tell later. We'll do that tomorrow, how's that? And uh, I know it's Saturday night, and... Uh, some of you may have plans, but I appreciate you coming tonight. If you have your Bible, turn with us to Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. I know a lot of people are familiar with the story of Abraham. And because Abraham is the father of faith, right? And so rightfully so. And most people can tell you the story of Abraham when he's about to offer up Isaac. And what part? Or when Abraham is about to have Isaac, and he's 100 years old, and Sarah's 90 years old. Go, Sarah. Amen. And uh, 
you know, and so we, you, we know the testimonies of, of these great patriarchs of faith, and we, we all know kind of the stories. Uh, you probably somewhat have read this, but maybe you're not as familiar with it because it's not really tapped in on. But Abraham left his family when he was 75 years old and took his wife and his nephew, and they kind of went out on a journey, a faith journey. So they kind of left their group, their surround. So it would be kind of like you living here all your life, and at the age of 75, you come to pastor uh, and you say, Pastor, the Lord's telling me to take my family, and we're to go on a faith journey. And, of course, Pastor, I don't want you to go. You're faithful here in church. You know, you, you, we need you, and the Lord wants us to go. And you're uprooting and leaving all of your family, everything that you're accustomed to, you're leaving. So you can see why Abraham was a father of faith, going to a country he didn't know, going into a place he didn't know. But he knew God was directing him at 75. Most people were ready to retire at 75 and just call it quits and just, you know, drink some coffee on the cool mornings and uh, drink some iced tea on the evening and watch the sun go down, right? But Abraham at 75 years old said, let's get it on and let's go. And so here we see God speaking to Abraham and giving him a vision. Look what he said, verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, do not be afraid, Abraham, I or Abram, I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. Then I'd like for you to jump for time's sake to Genesis chapter 15, verse 9. We'll just jump down and because I got a lot of scripture, but we'll, we'll try to give you a little overview. So he said to him, bring me three-year-old heifer and a three-year-old female goat, and a three-year-old ram, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And this is making a sacrifice. And then he brought all these things to him, and he cut them in half, and he, and he cut them in half down the middle, and placed each piece opposite of the other. But he did not cut the birds in two. And when the vultures came down on the carcass, Abram drove them away. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, horror and great darkness, I want you to notice this, on Abraham, or Abram at this time, horror and great darkness fell upon him. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your many blessings. I ask the Lord that, I know your word's anointed, and I thank you for that. I ask that you anoint me tonight to speak your word and what you'd have to say to this congregation and these fine people. I ask, Lord, that you would anoint the people to receive the word, that it may plant upon good ground, and that a great harvest would come forth in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to you tonight about safeguarding your sacrifices. You know, over my years of ministry, I got saved September the 6th of 1986, and, and I was called into ministry March of 89 and began to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And throughout my years of ministry, and uh, I've, I've been an evangelist, been a youth pastor, associate pastor, pastor, and so forth, uh, planning churches, uh, just being a part of what God is doing. And over my years, it's somewhat, not puzzling, not, but somewhat seeing why some people make great sacrifices and yet it doesn't see they seem to get the great reward. And I thought about that. And, I, and, and we see here with Abraham, here he is, he's been given a promise, a word from God of a great harvest that's going to come about out of him, a nation that's going to be birthed out of him. And, and it seems all of a sudden 
we see where the enemy comes in, or we see not only that, but we see just where God worked in him, and something began to transpire. And I want to talk to you about what Abraham did to keep his sacrifice and safeguard it. Because, see, what happens is the enemy wants to come and steal what is rightfully yours. And so I'm going to talk to you about that at night and kind of help you see that just for a moment. So we know Abraham, and we know that his desires, and he's a father of faith. And, and so, I mean, you know, you know the story of him and Ishmael. I mean, it coming about, right? I mean, you know him. And so Sarah comes to him, and, and time is going on. And, and Sarah said, hey, Abe, you know, listen, uh, you know, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. And I'll give you my handmaid. And you can have my handmaid, and, and you can produce a child out of my handmaid. You know, Abram, Abram being a man, he goes, okay. And so anyway, and it ended up where he got in trouble, right? You know what I'm saying? Go, oh, okay, well, I don't understand it, but okay. And, but then later what happened is that uh, all of a sudden it began to cause division in the house. And sometimes when you're trying to work up the promises of God in the flesh, it'll cause division in your house. It'll cause division in you. It'll cause division in your family. It'll cause division in a church when you're trying to work it up in the flesh. But when it's of God and you hold on to it and you do it the way God said it, all of a sudden something supernatural begins to happen. So I want you to see this and I want you to notice this. And, and I'll come back to these verses in a few minutes. But I'm going to give you a couple of points tonight if you take notes and you want to write them down. Uh, I believe these will be if you could look at safeguard boundaries that can help you to keep from losing your sacrifice. So here we go. Number one, don't get frustrated with time. Your biggest enemy that when you begin to go after the promises of God, the enemy will come and he will frustrate you with time. I mean, we're, we're, we live in a society where everything, you know, uh, uh, you pull up on one side of the store. Let's say, uh, I don't think y'all have a Popeye's here, right? Uh, oh, yeah, okay, wow, y'all uptown. So you got a Popeye's. Amen. So you pull up to a Popeye's and you're on this side and you make your order and you're expecting to get your food by the time you get to the window. Amen. And some of you, now I haven't been here long enough to know which one, but some of you can be impatient if they don't have your food by the time you get to the other side. But So we, we live in a society that we want it now when it's spoken to us. And so when God tells us something, we think he's talking about he's going to do it like if God speaks a word into your life tonight you're gonna to think before you get home he's gonna do it it's like okay god's gonna do it wow the listen can i tell you something when god speaks a word in your heart he's already done it but there is a time lapse and there's a time and there's a part process that you have to go through and many times people miss their timing they miss their timing they miss their appointment look what he says genesis 15 2 but abram said lord god what will you give me seeing i go childless what will you give me seeing i go childless now here abram is looking i am 75 years old i don't have any children and here all of a sudden you're telling me you're going to give me a nation you're going to do these great things he's you're telling me if i can count the stars i'll be able to count my children you're telling me all this but how can you give me that when i don't even have any children now, I want you to notice something. You may have not have known this because, you know, sometimes we read in chapters. So when we're reading, we see where God spoke to Abraham and we turn about three or four chapters and God did it. And we think, wow, that's pretty quick. 
However long it took you to read the chapters, that's how quick God did it. Amen. How many knows it doesn't quite work that way, does it? I mean, how many knows there was a gap in between those chapters that, that you read within a matter of 10 minutes? There was 25 years fulfilled in there. And I want you to know something. We know that Abraham kind of got weary in waiting because he, he produced an Ishmael. But not only that, you may have not noticed this, that even after Ishmael had come along, and God says, no, I'm not going to work through Ishmael, you may have not noticed this verse here in Genesis 17, verse 17. An angel come to the Abraham and began to tell him the seasons now. And Abraham fell on his face, and he laughed, and he said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? Wow. That's just getting real with God, isn't it? Okay, God, I know you spoke to me when I was 75. And I was, you know, it seemed kind of hard. Can I get this without, you know, I don't have any children? It seemed kind of hard then. But how many knows it seems even harder now that I'm going to get this child at 100 years old? And he found himself questioned, and the Bible said that he laughed in his heart you know it wasn't like oh you know ha ha that's great God thank but he laughed like huh. you know <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> okay great and God said no you're going to see and even Sarah laughed and said is this possible that me at 90 that I would have the pleasure of having a child and see, this is the biggest thing that you have to be careful of, is trying to manage time in God's scale. Did you not know that God owns time? I mean, He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning, the end. There is, in God's time scale, He can do more in you in one moment than you can do in a lifetime. All you've got to do is dare to trust Him. See, you're trying to put God on a schedule and trying to put Him in a box, trying to put Him on a calendar, but I'm going to tell you what, He can supernaturally move in and all the toil and all the work all the labor, all the energy, all the stuff that you sowed, and you're saying, God, it doesn't look like it's working. And then all of a sudden, boom, supernaturally, God does it. And this is where we get, we get weary in this. We, we begin to get to, to the place where we're like, God, where are you? I mean, time's clicking by. Time's wasting. I don't, I don't have much more time. I mean, it may be, you know, you, you, you're saying, well, you know what? I believe Jesus Christ is soon to return, and I do too. And you may say, well, you know what? We're running out of time, and, and, and I need to see this person get in, and I need to do this. And I want you to know, God owns time. God owns time. Matter of fact, you remember, he stopped it. Remember when he stopped it for Joshua? I'm telling you what, uh, you know, we, we read about Joshua where Joshua was a warrior. And he, when he went in to, after uh, Moses had passed away, all of a sudden Joshua, he was a, undoubtedly dealing with fear. Because remember the whole chapter, first chapter of Josh, uh, Joshua chapter 1, he kept telling him, fear not, I'll be with you. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. Remember that? And he told him that three times. Undoubtedly, Joshua needed to have some assurance. But we never hear God telling Joshua that again. Matter of fact, when you keep reading chapters, there was one time when Joshua was in a heated battle, the sun was about to go down. And they hadn't quite had the victory yet. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know how you would pray. You're, you, you, may be, you may have been like Joshua. I, I think, I don't know. I, I just kind of think, why didn't Joshua just say, God, wipe my enemies out where we can go home? But Joshua said this. He said, hold the sun still until we defeat our enemies. And you know what God did? He made the sun stand still for about 12 hours until he defeated his enemies. 
I would have said, just wipe them all out. Let's go home. <laughs> but Joshua, see, Joshua, he got so bold and understanding that God owns everything, that God has the ability to do anything, that he asked him to hold time still. Now, I want you to know something. God can reward you what the canker worm has eaten and tried to take it from you over the years of you, what you've been sowing and sacrificing and believing for. I want you to know, don't you give up. You may be tomorrow, tonight, in the next 30 minutes, the very thing that you've been and sowing and believing and declaring on these promises and sacrifice, God's going to open it up. I mean, immediately like that. So there was a sacrifice. There was a sacrifice that was made. So he's bringing, and we don't understand this, you know, he's bringing these goats and he's bringing these rams and he's bringing these birds. We Thank God you ain't doing that tonight. Amen. I hope you're not doing this. is Halloween, but I hope you're not doing that tonight. Amen. And he's bringing all these sacrifices and he's bringing them before the Lord because there has to be, anytime you go to the Lord, there has to be a sacrifice. Anytime you come before the Lord, there's a sacrifice. That's why Jesus, when he came before you, he was the sacrifice. There's a sacrifice when you're coming before the Lord. And so all of a sudden, we see that in the matter of time that he took, he took the time to offer up a sacrifice. He took the time to offer up a sacrifice. Now, I don't want you to forget this because we're going to come back to this. And, and I want you to understand that God understands and he sees your sacrifices. He knows all your sacrifices. He knows exactly where you're at. And so here we see that when you get frustrated with time, you begin to lose the focus. And so Sarah was like laughing and like, I don't think God can do this. Listen to what Ecclesiastes says, 3 and 1. To everything there is a season, a time and a purpose under heaven. Well, you, you know this. Uh, there are certain seasons that you plant and there are certain seasons that you don't plant in. There are certain seasons that you break up the ground. And many times the reason we get frustrated as the people of God is because we're trying to sow in winter and trying to reap, uh, you know, and, and we're trying to reap and we get into the frustration and we move, we're losing what God is wanting to do when we should have already reaped and get ready and start plowing, breaking the ground up and then start sowing when the springtime comes. Too many times we miss our season, miss our season. And, and I think if you, I think if you'd learn to ask yourself, there's just like there's four seasons, there's four seasons in your life that you can go through. And I don't have time to talk on this a lot tonight, but there's seasons. And if you'll kind of take out a calendar and see in your financial and your spiritual and your, uh, in the different things that God's done in your life, over your life, you'll see there's seasons that's come in your life where it, God did something supernaturally and something strong and moved in your life. Now, it doesn't mean that you can always go by that, but there are seasons that shows you. So if you want to know sometimes, for example, let's say if there's something not happening and you're pressing against it and pressing against it, it may be that you're in the wrong season. And so you don't get frustrated with the time. Listen to what he says in Philippians 4 and 11. Apostle Paul said this. He says, I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. That whatever state I'm in to be content. And so this is the thing. If you will learn that when you're waiting, in the process of waiting, when God speaks a word to you, and then when God gets it to this side, when you get, get into that zone and you say, God, I'm just going to be content at where I'm at. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to believe in you. And I'm going to believe that you're going to bring it to pass. I believe you're going to bring it to pass. And then all of a sudden, you can relax. You can relax. You can begin to say, God, I'm just going to trust you with it. I'm going to allow it to happen. I'm going to let it happen supernaturally. 
So the second thing is that not only do you need to realize this, is that you get frustrated with the time and get focused on that and lose your sight, is that don't get focused on being tired all the time. Tiredness will rob you. Too many times, you know, you've heard people, How, I'm just so tired. I'm just wore out. I'm just tired of this year. I wish this year would hurt me in. I'm tired of that. I'm tired when I get up in the morning. I'm tired. And, and we get to where we focus on being tired. You ever heard someone say, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Amen. And so all of a sudden you begin to uh, get caught in these things and begin to say, you know what, God, I don't understand what you're doing. Looks back in Genesis 15, 12, he says, and when the sun went down, a deep sleep, a deep sleep fell on Abram when the sun went down. When the sun went down. You know, have you ever noticed it seemed like sometimes the hurricanes try to sneak up at dark time? Amen. <laughs> you ever notice that kids run fever late in the night? I mean, why don't they run the fever in the day where you can be up with them? No, they got to get up at 1 o'clock in the morning with them, right? It just seems like when the sun goes down, things begin to happen. You notice that? And it just seems like sometimes you can get weary. And in the wintertime, when the nights are longer, people get depressed. It's just something about it. There, it's just a, when a darkness comes, all of us, we get tired. And, and, and we're supposed to go to sleep, rightfully so. But I'm not talking about a tiredness that you just want to go to sleep and lay down because you worked hard. But I'm talking about sometimes you just get spiritually tired. You get tired. God, I, I've, been, I've been waiting on you. I've been wondering when you're going to do this. And so you, you start getting tired. And then all of a sudden, when you find yourself being tired, the Bible says this. He tells us not to be weary in well-doing. Galatians 6 and 9. And, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. King James says if we don't faint. If we don't faint. Now let me tell you something. You want to know when you are the closest to your due season. Don't forget this tonight. You want to know when you're the closest to your due season, when you're about to reap whatever you've been praying for. If you've been praying for your children, you've been praying for your finances, you've been praying for a, a physical health breakthrough, when you're at your closest, you'll know when you're in due season, listen to this, according to Galatians, is when you get weary and well-doing. But what he said, look at that. He says, and let us not be weary and well-doing, for in due season, in a matter of... Just in a matter of time, we shall reap, but we can't lose heart. When you're about to quit, that's when something supernatural is about to happen. Too many times people give up. Remember, now Jesus, he showed us how to, remember he went and prayed three times. He said, Lord, if there be any way this cup could pass from me, let it happen. Remember that? But he said, nevertheless, not at my will, but let thy will. He wept. He was weary. But he didn't give up. He didn't lose heart. He stayed focused. And we got the harvest of that. And he got the harvest of that. Amen. And he got us into the kingdom. So what we have to do is we have to safeguard ourselves not to get tired and, and get into the weariness of it. And say, God, I don't understand why you don't do what you're wanting to do in our lives. And, and it is. It's, I remember when me and uh, Ms. Brocker, we first started out in ministry. You know, it, there's sacrifices in ministry. I mean, you can, you know, when you're in the ministry, it's not like, you know, some people are like, they go out and get a career. There's nothing wrong with that. Some people, they'll go work at a paper mill with their father and their mother or brothers and sisters or whatever. Or they'll go work at a chemical plant. Or they'll go pursue careers, and there's nothing wrong with that. But when you're calling the ministry, you can't do that. Because most of the time they want you to work on Sundays, and guess where you're supposed to be on Sundays? Amen. And so uh, the thing is, is that so you, you give up sacrifices when you have the opportunity. You could go in and do these things. You have to give them up. And so 
all of a sudden that um, you can get tired. Sometimes you, you're thinking, Lord, I, I remember one time uh, we, we were in North Alabama and, and we were sacrificed and I was doing all I could do. And I'd pick up every odd job but work at the church full time. Now, can I tell you something? You can work at church full time and I get full time pay. There's a difference. Amen. Uh, I mean, as a matter of fact, my first full time job, you ain't going to believe it. It's going to blow you away. It's going to blow you away. Hold on to your seat. You ain't going to believe it. Uh, I was making $84 a week for full time. I mean, I, I don't, how many know that'll take? And my rent was $550 a month. Amen. Full time. Cha ching. I was raking in and people like Peter get in it for the money. Yeah. Cha ching. $84 a week. I was tearing it up. Amen. Amen. And but the, so you're going through tight time, but God, we never missed anything. God was faithful. And I would do odd jobs on the side, working and trying to make up the difference because I knew I was making a sacrifice for the Lord. But I remember one time, and uh, we was living in this house, and, and Veronica told me, I don't know why it didn't dawn on me. You know, guys get kind of caught up and get kind of focused. And, and, and Veronica goes, hey, Don, she said, we don't, we don't have any groceries in the house. Now, I had, uh, at that time, I had uh, two small children. Uh, three, it was all three of them. Yeah, three three small children. I said, well, yeah, we got some. So I go look in the cabinet, and she's right. They had no groceries. I mean, we got no groceries. I mean, I think we have one, one or two cans, and they wouldn't even be any weenies. I think it's probably cream corn or something. I mean, you know, we didn't really have anything. Nothing in the refrigerator. It's just, and she says, what are we going to do? And she said, you know, we're here, we're sacrificing for the Lord, we're doing these things, and, and we, we don't even have any groceries. What are we going to do? I said, God will provide. Now, she wasn't doubting when she said this. She says, but how? I said, I don't know, but he will. And the Lord helped me to rest assured, give her this. I said, you know what, it doesn't matter how he does, I just know he'll do it. And I said, so, so this is what I did. I went in, I opened up all the cabinets. Now, I, so I kind of go out and talk with the Lord. And, and, and I, you know, sometimes you're like, God, I, if you want me to go, I can go be working at plants with, I got brothers and, and they're in plants and I can get favor. I can get in plants. I mean, I'll do whatever. I said, Lord, but you know what? I'm taking a step of faith. I know you said you'd provide for me. I reminded myself of the promise, even though my Isaac hadn't come yet. I said, God, you, you spoke to me. I reminded myself. But, you know, how many knows there's some trying times and there's the times you get. And so I said, okay, God, you're going to have to show me. So uh, I go in the house and I open up all the cabinets. I mean, Brock said, what are you doing? I was opening up all the cabinets, opened all the cabinets up here, all the cabinets down here at the bottom. I went and opened every cabinet. She said, what are you doing? I said, I, I'm fixed to talk to the Lord. So I, I kind of like I, I, I did. I said, I said, Lord, look. I pointed at all of them. I said, Lord. Look, my cabinets are empty. Now, you spoke to me, and I've been obedient, and I've been following you. And these cabinets need food. You said you're my provider, and I believe you. But look, you said I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging for bread. And I'm not going to ask anybody. It's not pride. I'm not going to say anything, but my cabinets are empty. And I said, but I thank you that you're going to know, you, you're going to get us some food. That was that, about three hours later, I think it was three hours that night, about three hours later, a person come uh, knock on the door and said, hey, uh, we was in a prayer meeting, and I don't know if y'all, you know, uh, uh, they didn't know our situation. They said, we was in a prayer meeting, and the Holy Spirit fell. Let me believe the Holy Spirit fall in prayer meeting. Amen. And the Holy Spirit fell, and they said, the Lord told us to go get, there was a bunch of women there, and said, go get some groceries and take them to the man of God. 
and uh, and I didn't. She wasn't in the house. My cabinets are still open. I wouldn't let her in the house. And I thought she's gonna go, you know, get a sack of groceries, you know, maybe uh, just picked up some, maybe a few. And she goes, so I got some groceries for you. Hope. Hope this is hope you need them, and I hope we we just trying to obey the Lord, and and so would you be okay with taking some groceries? Sure. <laughs> what, what you got? What's in What's in the bag? No. Yeah, I'd be okay. And I said, okay. I said, well, yeah, just let me. Have. She go, no, you don't understand. And so she's parked. She said, they're coming with the groceries. You know, coming with the groceries. Okay, I thought maybe the family. Uh, El Camino pulls up, and the whole back of the El Camino is full of groceries. The whole back is full of groceries. She goes, so we're taking these groceries out, and we just setting them out. We still didn't let them in the house. I said, well, here, let's just set. So we just set them out, and they left. I said, wow, thank you. We'll go. We filled every cabinet, down at the bottom, down at the top, we even put some in a little storage room on the outside, and we're, we're filling all this, and we're tucking it away. And, and so I close it up, and I go, you know, man of God I am. I said, see, I told you, Lord, provide. Just, I'm just asked. Amen. And so those, those things were shut. So anyway, I'm, I'm rejoicing. Thank you, Lord, for honoring your word. And, Lord, I knew you was going to do it. Amen. Bless God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And the Lord said, and he's just like, he goes, go open the cabinets. Oh, okay. And I, well, I, I know you did. No, go open the cat. I want you to open every one of them. So now I open all back up. And then the Lord spoke. Did I not tell you that I am your provider? Did I not look now and see if your cabinets are bare? I can feel them. I am the God that's able to provide and meet your every need. You trust me. You obey me. You follow me. And I have overflow that is awaiting you. All you have to do is dare to believe me. Now look at the cabinets and tell me what you see. You saw nothing, but yet I spoke something into existence, into your life. I want you to know. How many knows that will make you change the way you think amen and change everything i'm telling you sometimes when you get tired and get weary and you think god i'll do something what else you need me to do and god says all you got to do is hold on hold on hold on hold on to the promises that i've given you because my promises are yes and amen so i want you to know there's somebody here tonight you're believing for something you're holding on to something and you may be looking at some empty uh, cabinet so to speak spiritually or in other areas of your life hold on hold on I'm telling you, one night El Camino could pull up with all your spiritual blessings. Amen. And all you got to do is allow God to do something supernatural. Amen. Amen. That's why I like Chevy so much. Amen. But see, all you have to do is realize that God wants to do something supernatural. So don't don't get weary in well-doing. For in due season you'll reap. The third thing is is don't, don't fear the test. There's always a test, you know. Uh, you know, I, I don't know about you, but um, I've always liked when they give you multiple choice in testing. I don't know if you do. I mean, some of you, some of you, you're radical. You like to fill in the blank. Amen. I, I just, I, I like the multiple choice. I mean, multiple choice. Think about it. Even if you don't study. You, you got a 50-50 chance you're going to pull this thing off, amen? I mean, that's pretty good odds. And too many times we find ourselves, 
You know, uh, we like, oh, God, I, I don't want to take a test. And we, Some people get sick over a test, knowing a test is coming up, and they're sweating bullets, and, oh, I don't want to take any test. And I understand that. Get anxiety from it. But how many knows that if you know the answer, the test don't bother you? Test don't, because you'll know if they're trying to trick you. You'll know. I, I like the test that God gave. In Deuteronomy, he goes, I want you to know. He says, I want it to be recorded. Now, he said this. He said, it's going to be recorded in heaven. Today, I set before you blessings and curses, life and death. And then, listen to this. He says, you choose. And then, now, I like multiple choice, but just in case some of you don't quite sure on the multiple choice he gives you the answer how many likes that even better amen I like multiple choice and then I like it if I don't know it I still get the answer amen and he says he says I want these are blessings there's curses there's life and death and then the Lord says choose life that you and your descendants will live choose life so could you imagine so here you're, you're walking and I think this way most Christians are blessings curses Whew, that's tough Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? What, what do you really want me to? Oh, God, oh, God, show me what to do. Show me the way to go, Lord. Blessings, cur curses, curses, curses. What kind of curse is that? Yeah. Man. What, what kind of curse? That ain't a bad looking. That's too, not too bad. You know, when you're, when you're in Sunday school, right? Devil. Bad. You know, you're like, whoa, that devil bad. I mean, especially if the teacher made him bad, huh? Devil bad. God good. You're like, devil bad, God good. You get a little older, devil not so bad. And you prayed, God not so good. And it gets hard to choose. Blessed God. And so God has to come along and say, hey, psh, I know you're kind of scraggling over which way to go. Psh, over here. I don't know, Lord. Are you sure you want me to... Psh, over here, I'm telling you, this is the way you go. And sometimes in our test, we get frustrated with God. And he said, look at this. It says, Genesis 15, 12. Now, when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. And behold, a horror and a great darkness fell upon him. A horror and a great darkness fell upon him. Now, that's something. And then all of a sudden, there was this terror. There was this fear. It says, it wasn't a panic attack. It's just there was a reverence of God so deep that it felt there was a testing time. I want you to know that sometimes when God's testing you, you think he's killing you. Amen. You, you think, God, I, I don't like this. You know what I'm saying? But there was a key before the test took place. There was something that's happening, and I don't want you to miss this. During a testing time, this is when the enemy comes in in the testing time. Now, remember, when we read the scripture that he made the sacrifices out, and now we're at this place where there's a deep sleep falling upon him. But right before that happened, there was something that took place that you might have missed, and I want to bring it out to you. I want to show it to you. In that verse, if you look all the way down in Genesis 15, verses 9 through 12, and it says, and he said that when he cut the birds, he did not cut the birds in half. And the vultures came down on the carcass. The vultures came down. On, can I borrow one of your things here? The, the vultures came down on the carcass. And I want you to notice what Abraham did. And it says, Abram 
drove them away. Don't you forget this in your testing. So here you are, you've been waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. You get kind of tired of waiting. It was a long day. It was a hot day. Abram's there. The sun is about to go down. This is where God's about to show up and give him his blessing. And all of a sudden, guess what you see in the air? A bunch of vultures. And they're swarming. And they're swarming. And Abram, all morning he's been there, all day he's been there. God's gave him a promise. God has spoke to him. He's already made this sacrifice. It's cost him something already. It's cost him something already. And all of a sudden the vultures begin to swarm. And it said that he did something that was unique. And this is before. Now we're seeing where he's about to enter into the blessings of God. But right before that, the vultures started circling. And it said that Abram began to drive them away. Could you imagine? He began to drive them away to get them out. And that's something that even when you're tired, or sometimes you're tired, or sometimes you've made the sacrifice, that all of a sudden the vultures begin to... And can I tell you something? The vultures sometimes, off in a distance, can look like an eagle. But eagles don't dwell on dead things. That's why he says, bound up as wings of eagles. We don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't focus on dead things, do we? But the vultures begin to focus on the dead thing and begin to fly in. And maybe from a distance it may look like an eagle, but all of a sudden they begin to swarm in. And can I tell you something? There can be some people in your life, if you're not careful, they can talk you out of your sacrifice. You got to be careful and not to allow people that may look like they're soaring like an eagle, but really they're like a buzzard. They're always dwelling on the dead things. You know, I mean, you may hear something like this sometimes. You're believing something. You go, "Well, I know somebody that was believing for that one time. And, you know, they died." Or I know, I know this. They were believing and praying, and you know what? They were men and women of God, and they prayed for a long time. That never come back. You know, sometimes God will, sometimes God won't. He don't always answer your prayers like, and they'll talk you out of your sacrifice. Listen. Don't you let somebody talk you out of your sacrifice. Don't you put your situation in their situation and theirs in yours. Because I'm going to tell you something. If God never saves another person, he's still a saving God. If God never heals another person, he's still a healing God. If God never does another miracle, he's still a miracle working God. If God never performs anything of a, in, in my sight, he's still the God who he said, don't change God because you're not seeing the results that you're believing for. Let God be God and dare to believe God and drive the buzzards away. Amen. Get those vultures out of the way. And it said that he drove them away. He fought them. So could you imagine? He, he goes sit down. He's tired. It's hot. He's in a desert place. He's hot. He may have, you know, a little canteen of water. He's, by the time he sits down, here comes another one. He's, you better get out of here. Huh? You better go. He runs it off. He goes sit back down. Here comes another one. Lord, would you hurry up and take his sacrifice? <laughs> Lord, when are you going to do it? I've been praying. God, when are you going to do it? God, when are you going to do it? And all of a sudden, you find yourself, Lord, I'm getting tired. And as a matter of fact, he was so tired, a deep sleep came on him. Thank goodness the sun went down. Thank goodness that there was a, but the, the thing was, the sun was still up, but it looked like it went down because the, the darkness was God moving upon the sacrifice. 
I want you to know there's times that it looks like the sun's going down, but the sun's really not going down. It's just God moving upon the situation. And sometimes his, his power and his awesome, he begins to block the very light that you're being deceived by. Because how many knows that we got to be careful that we, he is the light, amen? And we got to be careful that sometimes what we think is the light is not necessarily the light. And so we have to declare, because how many knows that the Bible says that Satan comes as an angel of light? And notice what he said, that we have to be careful in the last days that Satan will be able to deceive many, even the elect, if possible. So we got to be careful, don't we? We got to make sure. That's why we got to know his word. That's why we got to stand focused on his word. So he drove them away and he stood the test. And then I like what happened right after the test Genesis 15, 13, and 14. And he said to Abram, Know certainly that thy descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, and will serve them, and they will be afflicted 400 years. And also the nation whom they shall serve, I will judge after they shall come out with great possession. Now I want you to know when you're hearing a word from the Lord, and I'm saying, well, that don't, that don't sound like a very good deal. You're going to give me a nation, and then you're going to put them in bondage for 400 years? He said, but I want you to know, see, on God's time scale, he looks at eternity. You look at days and months and years. And he says, I want you to know they're going to come out with great possession. They're going to come out with great possession. And listen, this is the thing you got to understand. In James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4, he said, My brother, count it all a joy when you fall. Count it a joy. Count, what? Count it all a joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. I've got patience. Hurry up, Lord. <laughs> but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be complete and perfect, or you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, notice what he said. He said that count it a joy. You know, count it. Yeah, count it. Yeah. Have you ever been through? Now, you ever been through something that it wasn't a joy? I mean, you ever had something? You know, the Bible says that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord, who are called according to His purpose. It didn't say that all things were good. It didn't say all things were good. See, that's where you get mixed up. God, this ain't good. What's wrong? You must be living in sin. There must be something going on. No, all things work together for the good. It's for your good, but it ain't good. You understand what I'm saying? There's some things that will happen in your life that ain't good, but they'll work for your good. What the devil meant for evil, God will turn it for your good. Amen. And if you'll learn to trust. But look what he said. He said, count it a joy. Count it a joy. So this is what you do. When you're going through a testing time and you're going through a trying time and you're going through a time and you like, man, you can count. Have you ever noticed that when you're going through hardship, you count all the hardships? Man, this is going wrong. Man, I heard it come in threes. This is that. What else? I wonder what else. My goodness. Oh, I, I, I can only imagine this and this. And you start going down the checklist. Check, check, check. And you're not counting the joys. You're counting the fears, the frustration, the anger, the emptiness, the pain. And you're checking that list. What you got to do is you got to begin to count the joy in it. You got to begin to say, God, I don't understand. This is painful. I don't understand how you're going to get the glory out of there. But I just know this, God. And you start declaring the promises of God for they are yes and amen. For they are yes and amen. And so that's where you have to get to the place where you start counting that joy. You have to make a count. You have to list. I'm going to tell you the greatest thing you can do sometimes when you're going through a great trial. And you can start simple as this. 
when things are tough. You can get up out of your bed, go to your refrigerator, say, Lord, thank you, I have a refrigerator. Thank you, Lord, I have food. Lord, thank you, I have shelter. Lord, thank you that I have clothes to wear. God, thank you that I have my health and I can raise my arm and I can walk. Thank you, Lord, that I'm able to see and able to hear and start counting the joys. And all of a sudden, when you start counting the joys, you'll find that there'll be more added. Multiplication starts when you start counting the joys. I like what he said here. He said that we all want this part. He says, let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Everybody wants to be to the point where they're lacking nothing. But you got to go. So if you did it backwards this way, if you, if you want to be the person that lacks nothing, then you need to be complete. And if you want to be complete, then you need to get some perfection. And the way you get perfection is through patience. I don't want patience. I know. Because you got a microwave at home. And you want a three-minute meal. No, sometimes there's some things that a good old gumbo. Now, my, say, I'm a Mississippi man. My wife's Louisiana woman. You probably heard the song that they wrote about us. Amen. She swam the Mississippi River to get to me. Amen. But uh, no, I think it was the man that did it. Amen. But anyway, so uh, but she, she can make the best chicken and sausage gumbo. But she, she don't make it out of a microwave. She starts on the stove that morning. You start smelling it in the house. You get to eat it that evening. But she started that morning. And she may have even started cutting it up, getting it ready the night before, all the pieces. And boy, she could cook it. And I'm telling you what, you'll eat till you hurt. And then you'll eat some more. Amen. But, you, you, but see, there's some things that you have to be patient. You have to wait for. If you want to get the flavor out of it, if you want to get the goodness out of it, you've got to learn to wait upon the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. I'm telling you, God's promises are yes and amen. Now, I want you to notice the last thing that happened here, and, and this is the point I want you to notice here. In Genesis 15, verse 17 through 18, he said, And it came to pass when the sun went down, and it was dark, and behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch, and it passed between those pieces. And on the same day, on the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram. If you're taking notes, I want you to notice that Abram focused on the torch. And it said that the torch, there was this oven, a furnace, that started burning, and there was a torch that went right through the middle of his sacrifice. Have you ever noticed that when you're going through some difficult times and you sow into the kingdom of God, you focus on the sacrifice? And sometimes you miss what God's doing in the sacrifice? I, I remember what time uh, uh, I was back, you know, when I was doing the full-time youth ministry. You remember that? And I was making all that, making all that money coming in. Amen. Well, I, I, I kept... I put saved up. I needed a, a certain item that I need to purchase for to do to where I could make more business, and so I needed this uh, industrial sewing machine. Because I, I, I listen, I want you to know when you when you're in the ministry, you are a tent maker, a house maker. You you can build barns. You're a mechanic. You whatever they need. Amen. That's what you are. <laughs> You'll do whatever you got to do. You become a man of many trades. Uh, 
You don't know what I told you. <laughs> you come a man of many trades. You, you can do it all. You can play the keyboard. You can run the sound booth. You, I mean, whatever you got to do, you can make it happen. You just, and I found myself, uh, I, I saved up $500. I needed $1,200. I saved up five. And this is back in 1993. This is when $500, $500. And I needed 12. 12 to 15 to get a good one to industrial sewing machine. And, I, and so I saved up about 500. And guess what? A missionary came to church. Boy, you ever notice that when you save up money, a missionary show up? Amen. A mission work at the church? I didn't think nothing about it. God ain't going to ask for my 500 anyway. So I go on to church. Blessed be the name of the Lord, huh? Worshiping the Lord, talking to the Lord. In the middle of my worship, in the middle of me celebrating God, in the middle of things. I, I wasn't even thinking about my $500 or the, I wasn't thinking about the soul machine that I needed. I'm just a worshiping the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And got this minister, and this missionary gets up there and he's preaching about soul winning. He's preaching about over And I think, wow, way to go. And it's offering time. And, you know, I was. Thinking we're going to give, you know, write him a check, 50 bucks or whatever we had. You know, I mean, 50 bucks was a lot, too. And, and, and the Lord says, give him the whole 500. Who said, who talking to me? Ain't nobody around. And I said, I, I'll, I said, I'll give him 50. I'll give him a tithe of the 500. Give him the whole 500. <laughs> So I let him know Veronica, because she knows how hard it, we work to save that up. I go, uh, 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 the Lord was talking to me, and he wanted to give the whole 500. And she said, you better be sure it's the Lord. I said, that's what I was trying to do, but you're not helping. I don't feel no confirmation going on here. <laughs> I was hoping he'd say, yes, the Lord told me too. Go with your bad self. God's going to bless us. Do it. She's like, you better hear from the Lord. Oh, God, let me come back and talk to you again. And I, I was, like, and I, I was going like, uh, yeah, you're, she's right. I better hear from the Lord because this took me a long time. This going to all be going tonight. I go, well, you know what, God? I'm going to just sow it. So you sow it, put it in, and, you know, you rejoice. Thank you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. This is awesome. <laughs> this is glorious. Hallelujah. <laughs> Sacrifice. Sacrifice. This, this is wonderful, Jesus. I love you. Amen. I'm broke again. Glory to God. It's sacrificing. I'm looking at the sacrifice. I'm looking at the sacrifice. I got, it's some doves and some ram and some go up. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Huh? I mean, I'm... And you go home, and the devil, the buzzard. What you gonna do now? You ain't even got you. You did have. You needed twelve, and you was only seven hundred away. Now you're twelve hundred away. Here comes the buzzard. You better get on, leave me alone. Ah, uh, devil talking in your head. You better leave me alone. And I just finally said, you know what, God. It don't matter. You're my provider anyway. That's just a thought I had. And you know what? I trust you. I sowed the seed. I'm believing for harvest. The Lord said, well, you, you still want that? I said, Lord, I'll save up for it and get it. 
you know, I'll do it again. Thank God. So I, I run them buzzards off. You know, because sometimes you put it in a, Jesus. You're like, what do I do? What do I do? And, and I said, God, I'm going to trust you. And this was on a Wednesday night, I believe, or either Sunday. And by Wednesday, I got a phone call. A guy says, hey, are you looking for a sewing machine, industrial machine? I said, yeah. He said, man, there's one. It's $1,800, but you can get it for like, I mean, he's telling me like $900 or whatever. or They, they need to hurry up and sell it. And, huh? Seven fifty. You you could get it for seven hundred fifty dollars. That would be great. That's, thank you for thank you for calling me. Where that's great. So I told the Lord, said, "Guess what? I got that sewing machine. I don't I don't even remember. Some somehow I think they bought it for me. They said, "Do you want it?" I said, "Yeah." They said, I know you're looking for it. And I said, well, you know, God, God's going to get They go, tell you what, just go on and pick it up. I just feel impressed to get it. It's yours. Isn't that just like God? Isn't that just like God? See, so many times we're trying to do it our way, trying to put it in our box, and trying to figure it our way, and God just super. I didn't tell him I didn't have the money in the sense of, uh, in the sense of oh, I just said, well, you know, I'm saving my money. I'll try to get it, and I'll try to do it. And they said, no, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and get it for you. You just go ahead. I'll take care of it. Just go pick it up. And all you got to do, so you got to keep your eyes on the torch. You got to keep your eyes on the torch. You got to keep your eyes on the torch. What is the torch? It's the word of God. It's a lamp. It's a light unto my path. Proverbs 6.23, for the commandment is a lamp and the law is a light. Reproof and instructions are the way of life. Psalms 119.105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. It, you just keep your torch. So what I've learned to do, Listen, saints, and you know this, and if we can play something softly, uh, uh, this is what I've learned to do, is I've learned to continue to proclaim his word, to declare his word, to begin to speak his word. And I just say, God, I just believe your word. Now, I know this is where I'm struggling. I know this is what I'm on. But I want you to know there's something about speaking his word. And so tonight, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to let God speak into your life. Now, this is a challenge that we all have. Is that we make great sacrifices. I guarantee you there's not a person in here you had not made some kind of sacrifice for the kingdom of God. And sometimes, you don't see the result of it. You just don't see the result of it. And the keys that I just tell, shared with you tonight, if you will safeguard them, if you'll get to the place that you say, God, I'm just going to trust your timing. I'm not going to get focused on time has passed and time is running out. I'm going to focus on your time. You know, I've known people who say, you know, I've been believing God for doing something in my life for I don't know how many years now. You may have even given up on prayers that you prayed 20 years ago, 30 years ago. You may have even forgot. I'm going to ask the Lord to bring to your remembrance some prayers that you prayed and believed for and some words that God spoke over you in the past. And I want you to, I want you to revive that sacrifice again. And I want you to grab a hold of that. I don't want you to be weary and well-doing. And just don't get tired. Don't get tired. Just keep 
plugging away. Keep doing it. Keep trusting. Keep believing. Keep holding on to it. Keep declaring it. Keep holding it in before you. Sometimes it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Sometimes it looks like it's not going to happen. And then when all of a sudden, when God shows up, you just focus on the word. Get one word. Get one word. Many times in my walk with God, every time I'd get into a difficult place, one word would come to me. And I would chew on that one word. I would chew on that one. It may be, the word may give to me, he may say, trust me. And every time it would be hard, I'd just say, God told me to trust him. Trust me. And I'm going to tell you, some of you tonight, I believe, I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. You're going to find that God's going to give you a one word. A one word. He can speak it into existence. Remember? Let there be light. A word. Light. There was light. Let there be seed. Let there be water. Let there be, there, let, it, let the dark and the light separate. He would speak these one lines, just a word, and all of a sudden it would have to conform to it. All you have to do is get one word, and you begin to speak that one word till it begins to transform your life. Let me tell you how powerful this word is. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If I was you, if I had to put it on a CD, or I don't know now, they M3P, or I don't know what they call them now, and all these tech gurus know what they are. Whatever you put it on, if you or just re, every day, you should get that word in you. Because every time you hear it, it builds your faith. It builds your faith. It builds your faith. I was told this. There was a lady years ago, back in the late 80s, early 90s, she entered into Alzheimer's completely. Her husband loved her. She's just, she just like when you stared at her, it was like just staring into darkness, just blank. There was nothing there. She, no response. He could speak to her, no response. He had to feed her. He had to bathe her. He had to clothe her. No response. It's like she wasn't at home. It's a horrible, horrible experience for anybody that has to go through that. So he just thought, and this was back then, remember those little walkie Walkmans that you put on your side there and you put the earphones on, remember those? And you push the cassette. Rewind, play, remember those? Some of you are like, what in the world are he talking about? Amen. That'll tell off on you, amen. So he got one of those little Walkmans and put it on her side. And she's just sitting there like a zombie. He puts that earphone on. And, he, and that's when the Bible come out. Remember when the Bible come out on all cassette from Genesis? And every day, when that thing would stop, he'd put another cassette in, push play. Pull it out, turn it over, push play. She just, no response. He did that, I don't know how long, just kept doing that, push play. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. God spoke into the darkness, didn't he? What is his word doing? It'll speak into the darkness of the mind. He kept playing, playing. I don't know how long it took. But all of a sudden, she went, like somebody cut the light on. And her memory is restored. I want to tell you something. Do you actually believe this word? Do you actually believe that if we do this, that it will transform our lives? I'm telling you, if you will have faith and you'll dare to believe it, you say, well, you know, I don't, I don't know that I believe it. It doesn't matter if you believe it. He believed it and he experienced it. See, the thing is, you don't change the word of God because you disbelieve it. 
The Word of God is infallible. It is the anchor of our soul. Regardless if you believe it or not, it's still the Word of God. It's still the Word of God. So I'm going to pray with you. Would you bow your head and close your eyes for a moment? Holy Spirit, we, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for what you want to speak. And I believe there's people here that have made sacrifice after sacrifice. They are believing. They're praying. They're praying. They're praying. So, Holy Spirit, what is the word that you want to speak into their lives tonight? With your head bowed, your eyes closed. Just resting in the Spirit. Let the Lord speak to you. Could you just pray with me just for a moment in the Spirit? The Lord's speaking to you. He's telling you not to be weary and well doing. For in due season, you shall reap if you don't lose heart, if you don't faint, if you don't quit. It's like you're saying, What's the use? What's the use? I, I do this, I do this. What's the use? doesn't make any difference. I've been doing this. I've been believing. I've been praying. I've been, I've been doing everything that's required of me. What's the use? What's the use? God says, I see your labors, and your labors are not in vain. Your labor's not in vain. Your labor's not in vain. Your labor's not in vain. I've seen, I've seen you cry out. God, why? It's not in vain. It's not in vain. Focus on the torch that is going through the sacrifice right now. The sacrifice you made, God's moving through your sacrifices. He's moving through your sacrifices. I sense a new harvest coming to you. A new harvest. A new harvest. You're accustomed to old harvests. And you have measured your bushels by the old harvests. No longer measure your harvest by the old bushels. For an abundance of a new harvest is coming. Don't measure it based on the past. A new harvest. Supernatural. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ask or imagine according to the power that's at work within you, a new harvest, a new harvest. Father, I thank you for touching bodies right now, for bringing healing, for bringing healing into the body. Bringing healing into the body right now. Bringing healing, that thing that would concern 
an individual, that sickness that would end concern, it's that little thing that they're carrying that maybe they haven't even shared with anybody, that they've been concerned about but hadn't went to the doctor to have it checked out, but just concerned about it. Father, I just ask that it be removed now. In Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord. I declare these things. I do this by faith. I declare this by faith. New harvest. New harvest. New harvest. Don't you get weary in the time that's lapsed. I could do more in you in a moment than you could do in a lifetime. Trust the Lord. Lean not unto thy own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him. He shall direct thy path. He shall direct thy path. So doors are about to open. Walk through them. There are adversaries that wait at those doors, but do not be afraid of them. Walk through them. Walk through them and be strong. So God, if you begin to transform them, begin to change them. So Father, I pray for each and every one here tonight. Out of respect for them, I pray and I reach across these pews, God. I, I declare a blessing over them. I declare the promises of God over them. I declare your blessings, God, to flow upon them right now in the name of Jesus. I come against the principalities of darkness and wickedness that would rage against their thoughts and their minds and that they would have the spiritual authority to begin to walk and dare to believe the Word of God. God, help them starting tonight to safeguard their sacrifices and not to lose not one sacrifice. God, everything that we've sown, you're not mocked. A man shall reap what he sowed. If he sows of the flesh, he reaps of the flesh. But if he sows of the Spirit, he shall reap of the Spirit everlasting peace and joy. Father, I declare that on them in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to encourage you to do so. I do that now. Your pastors probably have told off on me and uh I like little catchy sayings. Helps me to remember them. You probably know this one. You make your living on your giving. Amen. If God can't get it through you, he won't send it to you. Amen. I thrive in my tithe. Amen. Good, better, best. I'll never let it rest till the good gets better and the better gets best. Amen. So you, you, what you do is you get you a saying when the Lord gives you a word. When the Lord gives you a word, however, you, if you have to sing it, if you have to put it in a poem, but you get it before you, and you think about it, and you think about it, and you declare it, and you speak it, and you declare it, and you think about it, and you rejoice in it, and I want you to know, God's word will not return void it's waiting for you if you knew that the time you left this place that the very things you prayed for that God would have you would say you know what God you're faithful but sometimes we think well yeah God's faithful but don't do that anymore God's faithful God's faithful so I'm thankful that you let me come tonight and 
I want to I want to thank you. I pray that this word would get in your heart and sink, saturate your soul, and that you would allow the Spirit of God to do in you. Don't you give up. This is not a time for the church to slow down, to back up. This is not a time for us to, to say, well, you know what, there ain't much we can do. This is a time we are the salt of the earth. We are the light. We are the city on a hill. We are to set an example. This is time for the body of Christ to be at its best. This, Listen, when horrible things come upon the earth, this is when we shine and we are the best. Amen? Don't you love your church and you love your pastor? Give him a hand. Amen? Thank you, Pastor. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. So now y'all figured out where I got all those sayings at, huh? Here's your lid if you need it. Amen. See, that's what we got all the time was faith preached into us constantly. And now you see why we live by faith and why I've watched God move so many times in my life. Why? Just crazy enough to dare to believe. <laughs> Just to dare to believe. Amen. So thank you so much for sharing that word with us. Listen, we're going to be back here in the morning. And he's going to probably really be riled up by then. So he's going to get some sleep tonight or something. I don't know. So, but hey, listen, I, a couple things I want to I remind you of real quick. Don't forget to sign up out there for the Thanksgiving. Remember, the way we're doing Thanksgiving this year is a little different. We need to just sign up by the, you know, with the family. Now, I know people are putting family names down there, but if they just put the Dozot family, we had no clue who that would be. So, yeah, tell us a little bit more about you, you know, or even the Laborde family. We had no clue who that would be. But, yeah, tell us a little bit more other than the, the Dozot family, you know. Or, uh, but if you're going to stay or you're going to go, because we've got plate lunches are being prepared by Panorama Foods. And if you're going to stay, we're going to divide up our fellowship hall into groups back there so you can stay and eat. If you're not comfortable with that, we, you can take it to go. So just tell us if you're going to stay or go, how many we need, how many plates we need, so we can get a good count and make sure we have enough here. Uh, and, and the other part of that is, is don't say you need five and only one of y'all come, because I, I want to preach to all of y'all that day. I, I want to be able to see all of your faces that day. So, But I know some it, there's some exceptions to that, guys. Y'all don't understand that. But make sure you sign up for that, because we, we want to still have our, our Thanksgiving fellowship on um, the 15th of November. And uh, listen, there's some more things coming, some very exciting things I'm going to share with you in the morning, uh, some opportunities. If you notice, we have the missions posters in the back. Some of y'all probably didn't even look. Some of y'all probably didn't look. Okay, y'all look. Okay, praise God. About to say. Uh, but there's some things about missions this, this uh, month coming up that we want to share with you. And uh, we want to tell you about that. And there's some other things as well uh, that we want to be able to do. So listen, I love you. Thank you for being here tonight. But now here's the deal. Y'all know I always do this. We've got offering plates out there. There, one on each side. We want to bless the man of God. Come on, did he bring a word to you tonight? It says he's, he's able to be blessed. And let's bless him. Everything that comes in in this offering, this is not your tithes coming in on this one. This is the, you save those for tomorrow. There'll be an opportunity for tithes tomorrow. If you want to go online, newlifeag.church, there's a giving in there. Just put the amount and do the drop down and do special guest. We'll make sure it gets to him, you know. Uh, if you want to put Donnie in there, just write Donnie in there. We'll make sure. But, yeah, everything we give tonight, we want to bless him. We want to bless his family for taking out, coming all the way over here with us. And, uh, listen, I'm just so thankful again that he shared this word with us tonight because there's a lot of things in there that I've been seeing in people, and they needed to hear it from someone other than me. Amen. And that's, that's what's good about it. Amen. So stand up with me tonight. We're gonna, I'm going to bless you tonight before we leave. And then we can stay and visit a little bit safely if you want to. Uh, oh, thank you. Uh, hey, li listen, 
the great thing about coming to church tonight is we can remind you of the fact that you can sleep for an extra hour. Those that didn't come to church tonight will probably get here an hour early. You see, so there are benefits to coming to church because we're reminding you about the fact that you get to sleep in the... Hey, girl, what are you doing? Come here. Watch your head, you. She's running around. They've already let them loose. So you got time change. So thank you, brother, for, for reminding me of that because I'm already going to be here at 7, so it doesn't matter to me. I'll be here at 6, maybe not. Hallelujah, Jesus. So listen, so we want to bless him and his family tonight. Um, with this offering that comes in, but let me pray for you. So, Father, I thank you for your word that came forth tonight. Lord, again, we know it's already anointed, but, Lord, I pray that it would be put deep inside of our hearts, in our spirits, and the vultures would not be able to steal it. Let us proclaim the things that we have heard tonight about your goodness and your mercy and grace, but also about your blessings and the things that you want to do in our lives. Lord, I speak strength over the people that are here tonight. Lord, and those watching online around the world, I speak health into their bodies in the name of Jesus. I rebuke sickness upon them. Lord, and your word says we're blessed going in and coming out. And Lord, I pray right now that they would be blessed every door that they walk through as they remember that you are blessing them through every passage and taking care of their every need because you are faithful. And if you agree with this word tonight, say amen. 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 God bless you. We love you again. Just write the checks out to New Life. Put your credit cards in there. We'll make sure we max them out. I mean, use them for you. And uh, love you. We'll see you in the morning. Don't forget to change your clocks.